Sport Tracks on SAFM with John Kariga. With John, John, John Kariga. My guest is Bridget Hartley, a sprint canoeist, and now she's taking part in the doozy. Uh, you're saying you're not not a great runner. Uh, who are you going to be doing the doozy with? It's it's a K2 this year. Yes, so it is a K2, and it's always fun to do the doozy in a, in a K2 year because you obviously share the experience more with somebody else. And um, my partner this year is Papa McGregor. So she's definitely a better, better runner than what I am. Um, but it's her first time padding in a ladies' double. She's always been in a mixed double. So, so it's, it's a All nice right, combination. Okay. Uh, some pedigree there with Pippa McGregor. So that's, that must weight off your shoulders. Well, at least one shoulder for a bit. <laughs> yes. No, she's actually, I think, got the record in a mixed double um, from what I was told. So I'm hoping that she's going to um, keep that confidence that she actually has done really well in the DZ before, but she's never taken it on in a single or um, in a ladies' double. So it is a nice new challenge, mm. um, but we're looking forward to it. Uh, let's talk about the rivers. Uh, I'm sure that you would have seen it today. The Midmar is full. The rivers are looking fresh and full. Are you, is, is that nerve-wracking to you? So if, they, if there's no more big rain and there's not big not, not no big release before Doozy, I would be very, very happy um, because I have tripped in the river at a nice level a week ago and um, it was fuller mm. than I expected because of the inflow from the dams. And, yeah, I, I feel like I'm quite confident in rivers, but if they had to be too big, then I kind of think I would like lose my nerve a little bit and I would get pretty nervous. <laughs> It says here, for the first time in 18 years, all the dams in the river system are spilling, leaving the rivers running at high water levels. A sign that Race Committee Shane uh, is, says is responsible for one of the biggest race entries in recent years. That must be exciting as well, suddenly having a, a host of people, plus being able to get on the river because of all the COVID issues. Yes, exactly. It's super exciting, especially now that the COVID issues have sort of um, subsided. Obviously, it hasn't disappeared, but... Mm. Um, it's definitely in our favour for Shane being the race organiser, because um, whenever there's more water, more people do enter. Um, I actually happened to have raced the one where there was no water almost. It was very low. It was in a right. single view. Um, and we almost ran day three to Durban. We paddled on the Amanda Dam, and then we sure. just ran until the last stretch at Blue <laughs> Lagoon, which was about seven k's. Thinking back now, I don't even know how we did that. Um, it was absolutely crazy. So I'm very happy for the, the water levels. It has been quite scary, though, trying to practice in the river every now and then where you haven't had an opportunity to train in the in the river and trip and see what the river looks like because it's just been too high. It wasn't. It would be crazy to try to go down. The, the river almost became double in size. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So maybe less running, but it's still a running race. Have you been? How do you put in practice for that? Do Do you and your uh, and your teammate get together and put a put a paddle on your shoulder and just keep on going? Yeah. So um, she stays in Belito and I'm up in Hilton, so we're not too far apart from each other. And there's been quite a lot of pre races where they've broken it up on different sections of the Doozy River over the last couple of weekends. So we mm. spent quite a lot of time alternating. She might have come out to Midmar once or twice, and I've been out to Belito a few times. And so then you do kind of do a session on the dam, and then you jump out and put your boat on your shoulder, and then you run a stretch, get back in, and you sort of do intervals like that. And then with the pre-races, you 
practice the portages that you will be doing on the doozy. Um, and then every now and then when mm. the water hasn't been in flood, <laughs> then we've gone into the valley and we've done a few sections so that you can learn the river and learn the lines at the level that it probably will be at. Um, so you can refresh your memory sure. from where the rocks are and where you, like what the takeout looks like because now it's quite overgrown. So you could get to a section where you're like, I know I need to get out somewhere, yeah, but it looks completely different to the previous year. <laughs> Yeah, so lots to learn. Uh, just quickly, Bridget Hartley, are you still surfing? You used to do surfing when you were up in Richards Bay. Yes, yeah, so actually I do. Uh, not as much as I as I used to because when you when you live by the ocean, then you can go down, look at the wave, and go, okay, well actually it's going to be better at low tide, so I'll come back again at twelve or something like yes. that, or when I get a gap. Whereas now I'm inland, and a few times I've wanted to go surfing, and I've stayed with some friends in Belito, but there's a lot of rocks there, so. I've actually only surfed there twice when I have been there because I don't know the break. And in Richard's Bay, I feel quite confident that I could surf in good or bad conditions. I would feel mm. at home. Um, so so I haven't surfed as much. And obviously, there's more people surfing in those areas than Belito and Durban. So then you kind of feel like there's a hierarchy in the lineup. You don't want to just <laughs> kind of like <laughs> dominate. But um, if I could got to get on my board more often, I would. But probably after Doozy, I'll, I'll find my way back to the ocean and... Um, I think that would be the time to take your Olympic medal along and go, guys, <laughs> do you know who I am? Actually, that's a good idea. Although some of them might be like, oh, Just whatever, so. stupid girl. But you might, you might be right. But they'll be like, wow, this is so cool. We're happy that you're coming to join us at our break. Yeah, you see. <laughs> You'll have to remember. It's, yeah, the problem is it was 10 years ago, Bridget Hartley. But that's fine. We won't mention that again. Yeah, it's 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 still the same medal. So it's <laughs> it is. You're an Olympian. It's exact. Do you watch the Winter Olympics? So I actually have watched a little bit of it. Um, a couple of sports do intrigue me a lot because I've done a bit of cross country skiing um, as cross training oh, wow. with some friends from Norway. Um, and I know that the Norwegians are really good at that. I, they, I think at the moment they are second on the medal tally. Um, unless something's changed um, in the last few days. But uh, I'll tell you in a second. Um, yeah, still second. Yeah, and then I've also seen um, when I did go skiing once with some of the British girls. We were in Switzerland in St. Moritz, and there was a, a bobsleighing World Cup there. So I definitely mm -hmm. do find it very interesting to watch some of the skiing events. Um, on on the television now with the Winter Olympics, so I have enjoyed that, and it's always Love it's it. really motivating to watch other people stand on podiums and seeing the excitement mm. when they win. And because at the end of the day, we're all putting in the hours, and it's very hard to guarantee that you're going to win an event. Um, something can go wrong in every event, and especially even with skiing, if you if you fall and your ski comes off or you crash into the snow, you're going to lose a couple seconds or a minute or something. So. It's all down to getting it right on the day. Bridget, great chatting to you again. Good luck next week for the doozy. Three days of toughness. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show. Bridget Hartley, South Africa's most decorated sprint paddler watching the Winter Olympics. Uh, I do, uh, thank you, Bridget Hartley. I do want to just quickly mention about the Winter Olympics that uh, our very own, remember he was on, uh, I think, he, does he still do sports commentary? I think he might do some, oh no, he was doing football commentary for a while. Dwayne DeLocker is one of the sports commentators. In fact, he commentated the opening, uh, the ceremony of the game. And I saw he was doing, or heard that he was doing some cross-country skiing commentary today.
And you just got to have respect for the man. You know, you talk to sports journalists, Benzito, there's a sports journal that we need to line up. Uh, when we're finished, when he's finished with the Winter Games and the and the Paralympics as well, we talk to Dwayne DeLocker and we find out what he's gone through. How does a Sefrican who does football commentary, how does he prepare to do Winter Olympics commentary for cross country? And he knows everything. He knows the history. He knows everything. Yeah, Ben Zito's just telling me now we're going to need an hour to talk to Dwayne DeLocker about sports journalism because I would love to, I can't wait to talk to Dwayne. The last time I heard him, he was doing the summer games last year and then he was doing the winter games now. So I look forward to talking to Dwayne Delucca. I've got his number. I must just give him a phone, but he's in China at the moment. So <laughs> it'll be difficult to get hold of him, but we'll get hold of him when he's back in South Africa and have a talk to Dwayne about that. You with SAFM coming up in a moment. We're going to see what Richard Kohler is up to. You are listening to John Herica on SAFM. Now, the last time we spoke to Adventure Extreme Sports fanatic Richard Kohler, he was going to paddle a kayak solo, unsupported, across the South Atlantic Ocean. Richard, have you done that? Have you not done that? What's the latest? Hey, hello, John. Um, been there, didn't finish it, back, going again. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right, tell us what happened. <laughs> um, well, uh, these, these things happen. Um, I don't exactly have a final answer for you of what happened. We suspect there was corrosion on my main solar panels, which caused uh, the batteries not to charge, which means I can't make water from the uh, desalinator unit, uh, communication, right. navigation. Those are all sort of issues that I have with the lack of uh, electricity. And, uh, yeah, that caused me on day 10 to make a right-hand turn <laughs> and self-rescue at Volfus Bay. Because you were going up the coast first before hanging the left to go towards Brazil. So you hadn't even started going west yet, is that right? Um, I had, the first two days I had to go west because we had quite a, a strange weather system come through. So I, I did get probably about 400 uh, kilometers off, off the coast. Oh, west. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and then about 1,000 kilometers in, um, to the, in Boxing Day, in fact, um, we discovered mm-hmm. the problem. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. You're doing this all for charity. You're paddling for smiles. Give us the background about why you started this and then what the plans are. So Operation Smiles um, do corrective surgery for people born with cleft lips and palates. And I've been involved with them since 2012. And that's one of my, my, my charities. I'm passionate about it. And then my background being a yachtsman, sailed around the world for 20 years uh, across the Atlantic dozen times and in early 2000s I started the sport of canoeing and paddling and paddling on the ocean they're called surf ski paddling and I've been doing that for 20 years but I've always wanted to cross the ocean as, as a as a solo um, expedition or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and so I thought well why not paddle across it no one's, no one's down the South Atlantic on a, on a kayak and it's a real challenge and if you have a real challenge, then you can uh, create enough news and, and story to raise funds for your charity. So that's where it all came. Mm. Tell us about this, uh, what, what is called a paddling torpedo that you're on. <laughs> so it's an eight-meter uh, craft, which is only a, a meter wide at maximum point. And it has yeah. a small little cabin in the front where I can crawl into and lie down. 
and that's about it. Got a place to store my my food, <laughs> which is freeside uh, food, and that's that's your deal. That you're either lying down or you're sitting down sitting down outside um, paddling. <coughs> Excuse me. Where do you? So let, let's talk about the route again. Seven thousand kilometers. It seems almost. Well, it seems insane. I mean, you've you've done it on a, a boat. It's not an easy trek when you see them. Why? Why? Why a paddling? Surely, you know, putting a sail up or doing something with with a friend might be easier. Uh, you might think doing it with a friend would be easier, but uh, sure. Can you uh, imagine spending uh, seventy days with a friend? Um, in testing conditions, <laughs> more combined. No, it's uh, that that would be even more of a challenge. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what did you say? Seventy days. So you're planning on doing a hundred kilometers a day? Yeah, yeah. So and uh, so, what are we calling this uh, this little trip of, uh, of mine that I've done, which was sixteen days, the ultimate sea trial. Mm. Uh, we managed to. I managed to get. Uh, some good miles, some good days, or 130 kilometers, and uh, mm. I, I reckon I can do it quicker than 70 days uh, when I start again. When are you going to do it now? So the weather window uh, at the moment is coming to a close, and we still need to do quite a bit of uh, investigation on the, on the craft. So we've decided that it's might makes far more sense, and we'll just start again. In early December this year, from Cape Town again, we won't go okay. to Office Bay. We'll start the whole trip again, and uh, yeah. Does that mean the wind blows in your back, or at least the, the swells are going to help you get from point A to B? Yes, you you wouldn't be able to do it the other way around. Uh, you, you've got to use uh, other nature to help you along. Uh, just anything you do into the wind when you stop paddling, it'll just be undone again. So it's virtually an impossible task right. to do it the other way around. The fundraising doesn't look too bad at Give and Gain. Uh, you, you've raised what you want, 20% so far of your goal, and you haven't even started. So obviously that's the point. You're raising money for these for these operations to give kids smiles again. That's still up and running, and people still able to help you donate and, and, and at least plan for the December? Yes, John, absolutely. So my, my goal for uh, the trip is if it's going to take 70 days, I want to raise 70 smiles and from this, it was mm-hmm. 16 days, and we drained 17 miles. So we were well on target, and sure. we'll reset the goals again in December. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see what happens. What are you going to do between now and then? Is it just training? Uh, besides getting getting uh, Ozieza, um back up and running, and finding what the faults were, my usual daily training, mm-hmm. and I've, I've got a few few little. Uh, Land-based adventures, I think I'll, I'll do uh, in the meantime, just to keep myself occupied. You know, the doozies in seven days or five days, and they're still taking late entries. It is indeed, and there's lots of water in the doozy. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Uh, when last were you in a, in a kayak, John? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not kayaking across the South Atlantic, though. You see, that's the difference. Ah, but doozy, why not? <laughs> K2, Doozy, you and me. I'm just going to sit at the back and pedal. That's fine. That's, that, that's what I'm used to paddling across the ocean. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, good luck to you. Sorry your adventure didn't happen, but I'm sure that you'll get there eventually, and we hope to catch up with you before you go again. Yeah, John, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for that.
Richard Kohler. You can go find out more if you go, if you just do a search for Richard Kohler. In fact, the first thing that pops up is his given gain, Peddling for Smiles. You can find out why he's doing it, how he's doing it, and also the charity that is benefiting from it. Uh, I see a host of people have already donated, which is good news, and he's raised quite a lot of money already. But maybe you can get involved as well. Go have a look, givengain.com, or as I did, just do a search for uh, Richard Kohler. And it was, in fact, after his Facebook. And his website, richardkohler.co.za, comes up. Then you can find the Give and Gain website on the Googles. So go have a look there.